0: off Season 4 with a bang. We have shared stories, testimonies, and news of gospel artists, musicians, songwriters, promoters, and announcers. We would like to continue the mission of sharing great news through gospel music and its gold. There will be more shows giving tribute and accolades to pioneers and those who have left legacies of ministry through song. I hope you, the listening audience, enjoy the conversations of my guests and show your support by purchasing their music and or reaching out to them, letting them know they are appreciated. Love is not just a word, but an action. So let's all take part in sharing love to those who are in the ministry of music spreading the gospel in song. We hope to continue bringing exciting shows and growing our knowledge in gospel music and its gold to the music genre as a whole. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. giving tribute to Albert A. Goodson. Albert and his twin brother were born 1933 in Los Angeles, California. He had no idea what legacy he would leave gospel music and the world. Almost every church around the world has sung his most famous hymn, We Come This Far By Faith. When he wrote the song, he said it was one of the lowest times in his young life, and he was feeling homesick. The lyrics and music flowed through him. So he felt that it was definitely a message from the Lord. Albert did not know what he wanted to do other than to do something in music as a child. After discovering the beauty in hearing choirs sing, and mainly inspired by the Sally Martin singers, he began singing and getting piano training from J. Earl Hines and Gwendolyn Cooper Leitner. He served as pianist for many, but he wrote his hit song while serving at Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church in Chicago, Illinois, under the pastor, Reverend Clay Evans. He also played for the Sally Martin Singers, Mahalia Jackson, and several other gospel pioneers and stars, as well as directed multiple choirs himself. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Far by faith that was written by A Albert A. Goodson. Oh, 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 oh,
1: oh.
0: Albert A. Goodson, born Los Angeles, California. October 1933, he was brought up in a Pentecostal church along with his twin brother. And they were born to Arthur and Clara Goodson, who raised them in the Pentecostal tradition. According to an interview, Albert stated, I started my interest in music as a child. However, my parents were too poor to buy a piano. So I would take a wooden board and pretend to play it as if it were a keyboard. (laughs) Well, Albert knew at an early age that he wanted to do something in music. He just wasn't sure what in music he would like to do. Play an instrument, tap dance, he just wasn't sure. He was approached by a group in his community at an early age to see if he would be interested in playing an instrument. He recalls them handing him a trumpet which he could not play. (laughs) Then a violin and even he was repelled at the sound and knew that this was not the instrument for him. Because he was adept at picking up dances quickly, he thought he would be a dancer when he grew up. He went to school with Jesse Bevelin, who was a singer. So Albert got inspired to sing where they sang in the glee club together in school. Although Jesse became successful and made several recordings, Albert did not excel at that. Now, I tell a little bit about Jesse Bevelin. Jesse Bevelin was an American singer, pianist, and songwriter popular in the 1950s. Belvin co-wrote the 1954 Penguin's doo-wop classic, Earth Angel, which sold more than 10 million copies, while his top recording was the 1956 single, "Goodnight My Love, a song that reached number seven on Billboard's R&B chart. Belvin's success was cut short by his death in a car crash at the age of 27. The accident, which also claimed the lives of his wife, Joanne, and their driver, occurred after a concert in Little Rock, Arkansas that had been disrupted at least twice, by white supremacists. According to an Arkansas state trooper at the scene of the accident, the tires of Belvin's 1959 Cadillac had obviously been tampered with. Boy, I tell you. Well, getting back to Albert, Albert was still in pursuit of finding out what he wanted to do in music. And he would daily walk by a house where one of his friends, and he would hear music playing. The music he heard was classical music, and he thought maybe this is the type of music he wanted to play. His friend wanted to be a classical musician, so then Albert thought this is where his destination would be going towards. However, late one night, he heard singing by the Sally Martin Singers. And the name of the song was Jesus, I Love You. The type of singing and music during that time, gospel music was considered jazz music in the church. <laughs> At least that was what he was told. And he had continually tr- heard traditional music during that time that was very dry and not very instrumental. But because they lived, Down the street from St. Paul's Baptist Church in Los Angeles, California, he could hear their rehearsals during the week. However, the night that he heard the Sally Martin singers, he slipped out of his window in his bedroom, (laughs) went down to the church, and sat on the steps to listen to this new strange music. That is what started him. He had to go to find out what this music was about. Of course, his mother told him that he had to go to church and to go to Sunday school, to the Pentecostal church, where his mother made him go. If they didn't go, they couldn't do anything else. He and his brother, they couldn't do anything else. They couldn't go to the movies or anything else. Mm. He recalls hearing the choir singing. He heard them singing on the radio and grew interested in hearing and learning more. The choir he heard was Echoes of Eden and recalls begging his mother to let him listen to them. She agreed as long as he did his chores and went to Sunday school. Well, on some days he was to go to Sunday school, he would sneak off and go to the Baptist church just so he could hear the choir of over 100 voices because they sang so jubilantly. At the age of 12, he joined St. Paul Baptist Church, where he apparently received his only formal musical training and was introduced to gospel music by the church's director of music, which was James Earl Hines. During the 1930s, he was recruited by Dr. L.K. Williams, president of the National Baptist Convention, to sing in a male quartet. Famed gospel composer Lucy Campbell and E. W. D. Isaac were putting together to travel the National Baptist Convention churches and represent the convention in song. For several years, J. Earl Hines along, sang along with Goodwill singers with J. Robert Bradley and Thomas Shelby, among others. He received a thorough grounding in the changing styles of gospel at the annual National Gospel Baptist Convention. In 1946, J. Earl Hines was hired as director of the newly founded Echoes of Eden Choir at St. Paul Baptist Church in Los Angeles. And the pianist was Gwendolyn Cooper Leitner. And I've done an episode about Gwendolyn Cooper Leitner. We'll talk more about her. But if you look that episode up, you'll hear Hines and Cooper Leitner were co-founders of the church's Echoes of Eden Choir and with others established St. Paul's as a center of gospel music. The church was one of the first in Los Angeles to broadcast worship services regularly each Sunday morning, reaching an estimate audience of one million listeners. Broadcast was heard in over 17 states. And quoted by Albert, he said, I enjoyed listening to the singers at the Baptist church so much. And they asked me if I wanted to join the choir. I said, yes. (laughs) They then asked if I wanted to get baptized. I said, whatever it takes. And so I got baptized again. I learned everything the pianist would play, I could hear during the week, and I would play it again and again in my mind. Now, Albert worked at selling seeds and Look Magazine subscriptions to pay for his piano lessons, which at the time was 50 cents per lesson. He received his only formal music education from the musicians at Los Angeles's St. Paul Baptist Church from the age of 12, which included the gospel legends, as I mentioned before, Professor J. Early Hines and the congregation's minister of music and pianist, Gwendolyn Cooper Leitner. And just to go back and tell you a bit about her is that she was the first gospel pianist in Los Angeles. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in California, the state of California at the time, and their inspiration Where they grew was the 200 Voice Choir, and that was an inspiration to Albert. He loved hearing choir singing, and the choirs that sang jubilantly, of course. Now, his mother, a beautician uh, who owned her own shop, saved up, and when she was able, she bought Albert a brand-new spinet piano, and he was excited. Gwendolyn Cooper-Leitner formed the Echoes, of Eden Choir at the church, a group that helped establish the congregation's reputation in gospel music, with a weekly broadcast each Sunday, which reached an estimate audience of one million people in 17 states. Now, here's the other thing. Because of their outreach, that broadcast helped them finance recordings of the choirs. Now, Albert Goodson's experience as the assistant pianist for the Echoes of Eden Choir And J. Earl Hines, Goodwill Singers, prepared him to be the choir director at Grace Memorial Church of God in Christ and the Opportunity Baptist Church. Albert was identified as the Little Wonder Boy as he traveled with Sally Martin Singers. And while he was on the road with Sally Martin Singers, he was asked by Mahalia Jackson if he could play for her as well. So as an organist and a pianist, Albert Goodson toured with Mahalia Jackson and had been a prominent figure in the development of African-American gospel music. He moved to Chicago in 1955 to assume the position of Minister of Music at Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church. Now a bit about fellowship is with only five members, Reverend Clay Evans began his church on September 10th, 1950. And under his dynamic leadership, Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church grew rapidly, becoming one of the most significant churches in Chicago. In 1954, Fellowship purchased a building at 46th and State Street, which Reverend Evans recalled was a garage, but we turned it into a cathedral. (laughs) By 1959, fellowship had outgrown the space and Reverend Evans led a 1,500 car motorcade as the congregation moved to a former Lutheran church at 45th Street and Princeton Avenue. Then 1963, with an ever-growing membership, Fellowship broke ground on a new building next door. Now, the circular structure of the new church was designed by Reverend Clay Evans to include ample performance space for Fellowship's choir and recording studio. Reverend Clay Evans' gospel music voice is recognized throughout the world. So in 1952, just two years after founding Fellowship, He launched his radio ministry reaching beyond the walls of the church with a choir led by Reverend Reverend Clay Evans' dynamic sister, Ludella Evans-Reed. Fellowship has recorded over 40 albums, including the 1996 stellar award-winning I've Got a Testimony. Now, Mama Lou mentioned to me when we did a podcast a while back, that she did work with uh, Goodson. And if you haven't caught that episode, check it out. Just do a Google search and you'll be able to find it. (laughs) Albert Goodson said he wrote the song We've Come This Far by Faith in the living room of Sally Martin in Chicago, Illinois. At an invitation, of Thomas Wyatt, founder of Pentecostal Latter Rain Movement, Albert Goodson returned to Los Angeles in 1961 to lead the interdenominational Wings of Healing Faith Choir. Albert started the choir with 12 voices and almost immediately grew to over 300 voices. This choir complemented Wyatt's Wings of Healing ministry. Following this, he formed the Albert Goodson Singers. His skills as a pianist were recognized by requests for him to accompany some of gospel legends such as Sally Martin Singers, the Simmons Acres Singers, the Sky Pilot Choir, Mahalia Jackson, and Thurston G. Frazier director of the Voices of Hope. Now I'll go back for a second and talk about, I did do a show on Sally Martin and I also did a show on Simmons Acres Singers, the Sky Pilot. So if you've missed those episodes, you can find out more about them on listening to previous episodes of the podcast. Now the first publication of the song Albert wrote was a considered a choral octavo, and that is a choir orchestration. That was in 1956. The first album released by Voices of Hope in 1960 included Goodson's We've Come This Far by Faith under the direction of Thurston G. Frazier. Though Frazier is listed as the arranger of the music, as found in Songs of Zion, one will recognize his influence only on the choral parts. Compared with the musical score, the accompaniment of the first recordings is much more developed. This recording with Gwendolyn Cooper Leitner on piano and Goodman on the pian- on the Hammond organ. Now, historian Horace Clarence Boyer indicates. The significance of this hymn in African-American worship by observing that many congregations in this era began worship with, we've come this far by faith, as the processional and concluded worship with Thomas A. Dorsey's God Be With You. The song was composed during the brief time after Goodson moved from Los Angeles to Chicago. Now, Albert Goodson lived in Chicago for only six years. And after six years, he moved back to Los Angeles. But uh, this is a quote that Albert um, gave in an interview. I was living in Chicago alone. I was never married and I didn't have a relative or a close friend in the city. I became very discouraged. One day during a depressed state, I sat down at the piano in a friend's home and began to play a melody running through my mind. As I played, the Lord seemed to speak to me saying, we've come this far by faith. A composer of other songs, Goodson was surprised at the song's success. A composer of other songs, Albert Goodson was surprised at the song's success. And he said, I never thought my song would be a hit because it sounded like a Sunday school song to me, but it just seemed to take immediately. People started singing it everywhere. I just couldn't believe it. And I've written other songs, but they have never done what this song has done. The song was first performed in 1956 by the radio choir of Fellowship Baptist Church in Chicago. Albert Goodson found solace in 1 Peter 1 7. The trail of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it may be tried in fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, King James Version. Now, stanza one begins with, don't be discouraged, which offers encouragement with the assurance that he'll bear your burdens, talking about Jesus will bear your burdens. Stanza two offers a personal testimony beginning with the spoken recitation Just the other day, I heard a man say he didn't believe in God's word. The response of the witness is, he never failed me yet. The response of the witness is, he's never failed me yet. The title of the song has been adopted by African-American writers as the title for other works, such as Judith Weinsfeld and Richard Newman, This Far By Faith, Readings in African-American Women's Religious Biography, which was written in 1961. And then there's Juan Williams and Quentin Hawsford, Dixie. This Far By Faith Stories from the African American Religious Experience that was written in 2003 The African American Lutheran Hymnal is titled The African American Lutheran Hymnal is titled This Far By Faith that was published in 1999 Now this hymnal provides a fuller piano accompaniment influenced by Cooper Leitner's arrangement. Finally, the song has had crossover appeal with white congregations in a gospel quartet version. And you could hear that in Sing Brothers Sing. Now earlier, this hymn appeared only in African-American hymnals. It is now included in recent mainline hymnals, such as Chalice Hymnal, Evangelical Lutheran Worship, Glory to God, and the bilingual hymnal, Santio, 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 which means Holy, Holy, Holy. Not long after the recordings of the song, we come thus far by faith. He was asked by Reverend James Cleveland to direct the gospel music workshop of America's choir and to teach the song. Not long after the recording of the song, we've come this far by faith, Albert was asked by Reverend James Cleveland to direct the gospel music workshop of America's choir and to teach the choir one of his songs to which the choir did sing and one of his songs and was led by Sarah Jordan Powell. Now I found a recording of Albert Goodson uh, from 1988, where he appeared at the University of California as a guest lecturer of Professor Dr. Jacqueline Dede. And I have a a couple of little clips just to uh, share what he shared with the class where Albert talks about the differences of Black choirs and a choir like Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I found a recording of uh, Albert Goodson, who came went to University of California in Los Angeles. He was a guest lecturer of Professor Dr. Jacqueline Dayday, And in this little clip that I'm going to play, uh, Albert talks about the differences of black choirs and a choir like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir.
1: Pioneers here, he sang with wings over Jordan. That was a black group during the uh, war time. They sang spirituals, cappella. They were known like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir is known today. And uh, my greatest desire was to go to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir and do a gospel number with the choir. So far it hasn't come to pass yet, (laughs) but I'd like to hear them do a gospel number or spiritual. Um, I was wondering why Los Angeles never took time to combine their voices together and perform uh, as a great choir like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir in gospel music, I know they had 100 sopranos, 100 altos, 100 tenors, and 100 basses. We have choirs almost that size here, but they don't have that sound that the Mormon Tabernacle Choir has because they're mostly trained. And mostly people who read music. Uh, mostly black choirs, if I may use that expression, uh, they're not trained people. They're just t- trained by feeling and Uh, By the way, they're talking, which I will demonstrate to you a little later on. And uh, I lived in Chicago for six years, and uh, I wrote my first song there in Chicago in Sally Martin's front room. Uh, I used to live with her then, and um, I was very disheartened, and I feel that I had no future in store. If I had not known Christ Jesus in my life, I believe at that time, there would have been no no, no means of living because uh, I hadn't accomplished anything in my life as a young man. But when I wrote this song, I thought it was a, like an old Sunday school song We come this far by faith. And...
0: Now, Albert went on to explain what he means about the difference between a trained singer and an untrained singer in this section.
1: Well, when I was younger, um, most of the gospel singers felt that when I was taking music, it would interfere with my ear, that I had the ability to also play by ear. A trained singer has more quality in his voice or her voice when they sing.
0: Um,
1: They have more alertness. They're able to demonstrate more qualities of singing because of that trained part of breathing from the diaphragm down here instead of singing in the throat. Most gospel singers don't know anything about training singing. They sing up here like they're straining. If you really recognize the tone quality. Um, Mahe was an unlearned uh, singer as far as training. Uh, even uh, Lionel Hampton. I understand he doesn't even read a note, but he's made such a tremendous distribution in music.
0: And I'll close this out with uh, Albert Goodson's testimony song that he wrote, and he talks about it here as well, as plays it for the class at the uh, university.
1: Okay. Any particular song you'd like me to play?
0: Any recent song that you've written?
1: Oh, yes. I wrote a song that was uh, a testimony in my life. I had been in church all my life, but I really was not what Pentecostal people call really saved. I was kind of on the borderline, living in the church and going to parties. I was young then, and I was going to parties. I never was a drinker or a smoker, but I was with the drinkers and the smokers. But uh, the Lord, the Lord gave me a new experience, and I no longer run with the drinkers. And I've had Bible training, and I know that you cannot, you're not equally yoked. I'll put it that way. That's the way the Bible expresses itself. It doesn't mean that you. Uh, you're a square. It's just a new experience with the Lord. And that's why I wrote this song. The Spirit gave me this Up to the Lord. It's called, In My Life There's Been a Change.
0: Thank you for listening to this tribute show honoring the memory of the late Albert A. Goodson in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this show segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you would like to hear on the show, Send an email to Let's Talk to GMG at gmail dot com. That's Let's Talk The Number Two GMG at Gmail dot com. You may also like and share the podcast episode, or if you subscribe, you will be alerted to the newest show when it's published. Listen to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold Radio Show on WMRMDB Internet Radio Station. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am your host, Ansonia, saying let's sing, let's shout, and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. I have been afforded the opportunity to become a co-author on If we can do it, you can too. To order your copy of the book for a ten dollar love offering, I will include free shipping. Please contact me at Let's Talk to GMG at gmail That's Let's Talk, the number two GMG at gmail.com. Thank you. This episode has been sponsored by IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security and record keeping. For more information, contact us at 708-762-3587 that's 708-762-3587 and we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan